podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Yeah, but now we heard it, Thiago Storm. Uh, good evening. It is the club is brought to you in association with the Pitchball Football Fan App. Giving the fans a voice. Get your free download on the App Store and Google Play Store. And you join us uh, in the wake of uh, uh, the Monday Night Football there, where Everton have just lost to uh, Tottenham. And it, it begs the question, what is the point of Everton Football Club? Um, <laughs> look, this is a Liverpool podcast. It is the podcast of the Premier League champions. Um, tonight, I've got in uh, with me Andy Young. How's it going, Andy? All good, Ray. All good. good Everton good. not even good enough for fancy football points. It's, it is quite pointless. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's no, absolutely no uh, point having Everton players in your team. But was that just a little bit? Did we just catch you there having some kind of uh, off-the-record conversation? Uh, was it Thiago-related? or Well, we might come on to that, yeah? Mm. Um, we've also got Gar Breen. How's it going, Gar? Hello, Ray. How are you, pal? You all right? Yeah, good, thanks, good. And uh, over from uh, Barcelona, uh, we've got Pete. How's it going, Pete? Good evening from sunny Spain. Hope everyone's yeah. okay. Still, the weather's miserable here, but I'm sure you've been uh, basking in more sunshine for the last week, have you? Yeah, mate. I mean, it, uh, if, if ever if ever I needed to top up my tan, this would be the week to do it. Sorry, <laughs> that, sorry, that you're getting, sorry that you're getting rained on back in Dublin and wherever you are, but sun shining out my window, pal. Yeah, absolutely useless weather here. But look, uh, we're not here to discuss the weather. We're here to discuss Liverpool and what's happened over the last week. Uh, We'll cover off the last two games uh, since we were with you. Um, The loss uh, against Manchester City and the win yesterday against Villa. Uh, We'll uh, also look forward to the two games upcoming against Brighton and Burnley. Um, And I guess we'll uh, look and try and understand what the kind of mentality is of the players. Is it going after the 101-point record of Man City uh, or is it really some laying some foundation blocks uh, for life after Hendo next season um, <laughs> um, bringing in you know Cater, uh, Thiago um, and uh, that Fabinho uh, dream team midfield um, a la FIFA so uh, look we will start uh, Andy uh, you and I and a few of the other lads were out uh, on Thursday night uh, to watch the City game fair to say uh, two, the two of us were, were fairly 
uh, angry at times there um, with 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 the performance against City. Well, not really the performance, but no one, no Liverpool fan really likes being watching the side four 0 down, do they? At the end of the day, it doesn't happen very often. Um, so, how did you feel across the? Um, <laughs> how did you feel? Across <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so <laughs> uh, how did you uh, how did you how did you feel going from the city game into the Villa game and, and what and what did you think the performance was like? <laughs> I'm gonna get a new clock. <laughs> it's poor, it's a poor clock. Let's just let's just let's just talk about Sean Lawson, Slate and everybody's clock. I have pictures of football behind me. You all have sad clocks. Get you know, come on, sort it out, lads. It's I'm gonna terrible. put a new I'm gonna put a new clock up tonight. Good. Clock I, have a new, I have a new I have a new clock ready to go, actually. <laughs> you like the way it was done. The two top lads have all the football gear and the two bottom lads have beautiful clocks. Players play. That's all I'd say. Players play. Uh, and, and Pundit 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 shown off as climate cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I've got my uh, house digitalized and zoned. Uh, well, so it's going to be, it's gonna be no, no way messing with Ray's house when, you, when you're in whatever room. You can f- pick the temperature. 100% Andy <laughs> and his clock from 1957, the last yeah. time ever won a, a trophy. I think it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it from Goodison. <laughs> yeah. So Andy, Sunday, well, what did you make of the response? On Sunday, um, yeah, it was it, it wasn't a great first half, but who gives a shit? Um I just came on to uh Twitter to see what everyone was giving out about because I knew there'd be loads of giving out. Um we're supposed to be enjoying this league win. It doesn't really matter what the performance is like. The only disappointing part for me was not seeing Harvey Elliott on the pitch. Mm. Um, but other than that, fuck he was it. obviously he was obviously practicing his signature, wasn't he, for today? Yeah, I mean, did we even make five subs? Uh, I think we did in the end. Yeah, because they 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 made sure they got Nico a, a, an extra appearance on there for the on the count countdown. Yeah, five. I know. Yeah, Nico come on for with about a minute left. Mm. I, th- I thought that was only the fourth sub. So, Maybe it was. Yeah, uh, could be could be wrong, but yeah, look, it's the main thing now. I think it's just to see these fellas coming onto the pitch and doing the business and, and get giving players like Naby minutes. I thought he was he was good overall. Um, uh, you know, I'm preparing for next season. We've we've got the benefit of a really long preseason now, so forget about measuring performances and forget forget about clocking up this record points if it happens it happens it's not that important the most important thing now is taking advantage of the extra long preseason and getting ourselves ready yeah i think uh just looking back at the subs there there was um, yeah there's a yeah the dog's going a bit mental there (laughs) um the um yeah, looking at the subs there, there was three made around the same time on sixty, and then you bring Curtis Jones on with five. Yeah, you bring Curtis Jones on with five minutes to go, and then obviously 
Nico was getting uh, proper sweat on trying to get that appearance in um, yeah. in injury time, uh, which I thought was quite funny because at one stage it looked like the ball wasn't going to go out to play. Um, and imagine that costing someone a, <laughs> a Premier League uh, medal. But um, no, I mean, Gar, um, just going back to Thursday, it wasn't really a 4 0 drubbing. Uh, look, we had loads of chances on Thursday. Um, we we could have we could have taken the lead, and personally, I I thought that was kind of looking back at it. It was a a game where the um, where the first goal was going to be decisive because I think whoever didn't get it, um, whoever didn't get whoever didn't get that goal was always going to lack for a bit of motivation. So it was good to see that there was a response there yesterday, even though it wasn't swashbuckling, wasn't it? Yeah, I was a bit, you know, I was a bit critical of some players. I would imagine the first half, and um, certain players to me didn't stand out enough. And these would be players who re- wouldn't be regular starters, um, that you would think in in their own mentality would push on to try and put a performance in. Um, either they now they could be gone out the door, or you know, are, are they are they fighting for for a squad place for next year? That was my only disappointment yesterday, right? Um, Good to see a couple of young lads come on again. Great, brilliant um, stuff. And uh, delo- absolutely delighted for Curtis Jones, if, if I'm honest with you. Absolutely delighted. Um, second half, right, um, I think I need to speak about this. Uh, Jordan Henderson comes on. Uh, leadership, organisation. And in with it, two times and that was, uh, within the first few, first few minutes of him coming on, he grabs a certain player and tells him to stay out left. And the first goal is created from that position. So, you know, Jordan Henson does what it says in the team. In France, the guy, he's been incredible. Um, anyway, I'm sure we might speak about that later on, but uh, the, the, the subs made a huge difference to the second half, as, as we all saw. Yeah, I think, you know, Sean, he's saying in the comments there, the FIFA midfield didn't work. Uh, <laughs> um, essentially, it's not just Hendo coming on, it's Genie Wijnaldum coming yeah. on at the same time. Um, and the balance was fairly obvious uh, within a few right, minutes. We didn't keep the ball, right? We, we just didn't keep the ball first half. Um, it, yeah. it, it was... It was poor passes around the pitch. We just didn't keep the ball. Genie comes on to keep keep the ball and Henderson comes on to make things simple, to go right and left to our full-backs or whoever shown from in, in the advanced midfield positions, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Pete, the other thing, I mean, we bring those substitutes on. Interestingly, uh, listening to some of the Villa players after the game, you know, they, they seem pretty hypercritical over the fact that teams, you know, like ourselves, City, they can make five subs and it puts them at a big disadvantage. I mean, what do you make of that? I think it, I think it's fair enough. You know, you must, you have to look at, I mean, looks are always deceiving. I mean, Luke Gordon just made a comment there about Ray look, sounding <laughs> like a 20-year-old, but looking like a 50-year-old, and it's true. But what's also true is, you know, Villa works so, works so hard off the ball, to be honest with you. Uh, only for you know you, you, normally in the normal dynamic of a game you've got an unmotivated Liverpool you're wearing them down they're not knocking the ball about you know very well and all of a sudden they can they can they can change half their team the dynamic changes whereas under normal normal circumstances they can make three substitutes substitutions and it becomes more of a ding dong in the in the last half an hour so I do I do to be honest with you let's not be partisan about this I do have sympathy for the for the teams down the, the below they're missing their home crowds or you know or, or their traveling support which is usually more vociferous and they're missing that normal game dynamic 
you know, having worn Liverpool down, then they're, they're just seeing the likes of Jeannie Wijnaldum coming on, the likes of Jordan Henderson coming on, and all of a sudden you're almost back to zero. So it's very disheartening for them. I do have sympathies. However, you know, if you have a better first half of the season, you're not in that situation, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. and I, I had a bit of a standoff today with the lads from the uh, Boot Room podcast. I think a couple of my heavy Villa supporters talking about the magnificence of, of Jack Grealish. I don't see it. I think they've missed John McGinn. I think, you know, they, they, they really should be looking at themselves. You, you don't make a player like Jack Grealish your captain and expect to survive in the Premier League. That's just my view. Um, but they missed John, John, John McGinn. But I do have sympathies on the substitutions end of things. I think they were worth a point yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they did they did live with us for 60 minutes and they, you know, they, they had their game plan and they were trying to spring counter-attacks and, uh, you yeah, know, maybe they make, if a... Yeah, they make poor decisions for me, particularly yeah. Jack Grealish. You know, when you're in that position against a Liverpool or against a Manchester United or against a Manchester City, you, you have to look at, what Southampton did, for example, against City, they took that chance. They missed a couple of chances, but they took that big chance. I mean, that's my criticism of Aston Villa. A, they've got Jack Grealish, who for me wastes an awful lot of decent uh, kind of counter-attack position, and they don't have a centre-forward. They actually don't have no. you know someone that's going to get them 10 goals. So, you know, no, no sympathies there. Yeah, I mean, um, Andy Chris Brack was saying that essentially, you know, you have to you have to kind of perm, you know, two of uh, Wijnaldum, Henderson, uh, and Fabinho with one of uh, Ox or Cater if you're going to kind of you know facilitate one of those kind of more attacking players. Do you, would you tend to agree with that? Yeah, well, if you if you look at uh, Fabino as a DM, he doesn't really screen the defense at all. He he chases the ball, and if he does, if he doesn't win the ball with his tackle, he's kind of screwed. There, you get so much space in behind, and unfortunately with KD and Ox in there, they're not going to cover him. So Henderson and uh, Fabino complement each other very well. I'd always have them two in the midfield, and then Jimmy Wijnaldum, he's done so much heavy lifting for that midfield over the last few seasons. He just doesn't seem to get the recognition. But it's without a shadow of a doubt now, our strongest midfield is Fabino, uh, Henderson and Wijnaldum. And once one of them is missing, you, you, you lose something. And you by taking kind of two of them that are a little bit more conservative and disciplined, you, you know, you leave the space we've seen in behind. And we were blessed because Aston Villa's uh, counter-attack was very good. They seemed to outnumber us on a few occasions and they were sniffing out Gomez because of the way he was against City as well. Mm. And uh, uh, we've we seen a little bit of, we've, well, we've seen a couple of errors from Gomez, but he was a lot better and his, you know, his pace is back there. But um, it's just, it's just the midfield, the way we play with the fullbacks so high up, you get very isolated at the back. Um, so, I'm not in favour of that midfield, seeing that midfield too often, as mm. much as I want to see Kate. Like, Kate was very safe yesterday. I don't know. Mm. People talk about him as someone who's going to break the lines and who, who's going to be a bit more creative. But he's maybe it's under Klopp's um, direction. He's tend to do things a lot safer, getting the ball and moving it. Um, main criticism there yesterday, in particular, would have been holding on to the ball for too long and uh, taking too many touches. I think as as he gets more minutes and he gets a bit more confidence, you might see him doing things a bit quicker and, and making things happen. But uh, I think once Henderson was on the pitch and when Alan were on the pitch, we've seen Kate uh, improve immensely. Mm. 
I think he, he doesn't have the he didn't have the option of Firmino either. People forget. I mean, I seen somebody making a point yesterday of how important Firmino is, and time and time again we forget. You know, with all due respect to Origi, you know he's popped up with some goals and you know in in big games, but Firmino as that option. He just pops up left, right and centre and gives that option. And You don't really see the value of players like Keita unless they have a, a mobile option like that. That sacrifices itself, really. Um, yeah, I, I agree you, 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 Peter, you see that three, that three up top yesterday, right? You've got the two wingers who are automatically going to stay left and right. And it was between Mane and Origi, wasn't it, when they swapped mm. over a couple of times. And it just stays quite high between the three of them. Well, Firmino comes on and he makes the centre-halves life a nightmare because mm. he starts dropping in the midfield. He'll drop into a defensive midfielder's uh, zone, if you want to call it that, which has already been occupied by our, our most advanced midfielder. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it causes immediate panic. What it does to a centre-back period, and if you look at Mings, all of a sudden his game becomes like that. You know, yeah. he has to play out to in, which no centre-back likes because you're always and afraid he, of getting caught in behind. You see it on the goal. You see it on the yeah. first goal. The mm. two centre-halves don't know what's going on because mm. they can't control the movement of the forward. Yeah, Firmino is an argument. He's an argument. Firmino's dropped out. Yeah. They're looking out going, where's he gone? And then you've got a, a winger coming in from a far right or far left and, and cutting across and a blind run for any centre-half or any full-back, as Andy would know back in the day. Is a killer. Yeah. Just can't defend it. Mm. And that, that's it. And that's the value. I mean, it's people criticise Origi for what he isn't. And I think it's unfair. I mean, you'll probably see Origi in another team next season, the season yeah, after, yeah. and he will be excellent. You know, he'll be playing in a conventional system and he'll, you know, like that performance against Everton at Anfield this season, you'll see play, balls played over the top for him and he'll score. But, in our in our system, where the centre forward is not going to get you more than fifteen goals, where the two fly, fly, flyers and stuff from midfield is going to happen, it's just not for him. I I, feel, I have a lot of sympathy for Rigi, to be honest with you. It's just not his system. It's a stra- It's a strange one how the fans behave in terms of players that haven't done it versus players who actually have done it. Mm. Like there's a Rigi last year who got so many important goals, um, and people still refer to him as a cult hero. Cult hero was somebody who fans adhere to, who's done really fuck all, really. But really, he's got so many important goals he's against everything in a Champions League final, late goals in Europe last season as well. And then it, the comments on Twitter, half time, I only really go on at half time and after the game, just call him. And I'm looking at like the live comments here as well. About Rigi, it's it's really unfair. It's such a disservice to him. He's a great backup, right? And although he wasn't great yesterday, he came in and and, and played a bit of football. I don't I don't see the the need to be calling for him to be gone. And I, the commentary on Sky as well about him, we need better backup. He's a grand squad player. He really is. Um, and there you have them fans who go on waxing lyrical about Keita, who's done absolutely nothing for us so far. Mm. Well, that's a yeah. that's a Pogba thing, with, like with Manchester United. Everybody wants him to be great. I mean, Dennis Kelly there is saying he hopes Keita's success, but he's you know he's not seeing it. And he's right. I think Dennis is right. You know, at sometimes you have to say, look, it isn't working. It hasn't worked. And we all want Keita to be this you know world beater. As you said earlier on, Andy, breaking the lines. But, you know, what I want is consistency. Why, like what you get from... 
Henderson, like what you get from Wijnaldum, you know, you, you just don't get this from Keita. It's it's very hot and cold. It's And, you know, like you say, you go on Twitter and you see, oh, look at the... I don't like to see when you see fans cutting five seconds from a, from a game and say, oh, isn't he a world-class player? That, that sickens me because that reminds me of this, this Pogba thing with Manchester United. Mm. Dennis Kelly is right. Keita hasn't done it. For yeah, me, I think in order I think to do for Liverpool, you, you know you got to be consistent. He isn't consistent. I, I, I think, in fairness to to Cater and yeah, Dennis makes a couple of good points there. I think what, what I would say is that the best thing that can happen to Cater now is that first of all, he, he's injury free for the rest of these five games, but whatever um, whatever time he does get to shine, that he is able to make a positive contribution, and then secondly, that he's avail- fit and ready and raring to go at the start of next season so that he is available when he's called upon. That's the first thing that that we haven't really seen of Naby Keita since he arrived at the club. And that's his, his, his availability to be picked when required. Um, it's been, you know, stop star for him. Um, he needs to get over this kind of, uh, this, this kind of injury prone kind of, tag that that is growing so I think that that's the first thing and and I think you're right Andy the second thing is then he starts to start showing it consistently on the pitch when he is on the pitch now I thought it was interesting that the club put out this kind of um, snippet today I don't know whether you've seen it you know where you get the kind of you know the the kind of the the view of Naby as he's going into the box there's kind of like a bit of a deliberate thing there you know to me that that was a bit of almost kind of product placement in a way just mm. to kind of remand remind fans that we've got an investment here in this player he's capable of, um yeah. you know and this is what he's capable of and, and and just kind of showcasing a little bit of what he did there yesterday and that's fair enough i think as Liverpool fans um we'd be we'd be silly to not uh want him to succeed and and deliver on what we've invested in uh next season and beyond so i i think that's fair enough but i think at the same time you know, and I, and I, I made a tongue-in-cheek comment here at the start. Like, wh- wh- why is there this? Uh, why do you think God is this constant push to credit people who haven't delivered yet? We've got players at the club who've now consistently performed, and you know, are about to lift another trophy haven't made a very positive contribution. You can go back to 13-14 with Henderson and what he gave to us in that season. I know that he's had some low moments in between, but this is the player of the season, Gar. What, why Why do people constantly overlook him? It's, listen, if, if we've, we've often spoke about it. If you, if you went by Twitter, Pete Smith, you were 180 million, look, you know. Um, there, there needs to be a bit of a drawback at times and uh, a bit of realisation. Um, Keita in France has come from Germany has has more or less had a free role at his previous club in midfield um, has played in a two in an advanced position so the psychology of, of coming to a, a huge club that Liverpool are coming with, with, with a hefty price tag picking up a lot of injuries the mentality of the player settling into uh, the coach and, and the system formation that we use um, so, so there's a lot of things that come together there and a lot of fans, I think it's because of, he was good in Germany, right? If you look, and if mm. you look at the season he left, he was getting sent off and he, yeah. he, he was erratic in, in, in someone's play. But I think it's, it's this constant push from the Twitter right, to to get rid of the midfield, the, the Brexit midfield, if you want to call it that. But you need to sit back and 
and and as fans, you know, we can often sit back and look at it and go, this Brexit midfield has been very, very, very successful for us. Whether you mm. like it or not, it's do, it does its job within that formation. It has its particular role within that formation. Them three guys, one will sit, one will generally be the one to retain the ball and, and go left and right. And the advanced player will always be, will generally be the one who breaks the lines or will be pushed out to right or left to cover for, uh, to give back up to uh, our fullbacks. So there's there's a lot of you know misunderstanding from from people caught as you say you know the push for for someone to replace someone in that team. Yeah. If you're coming in, you need to be ready to replace someone in that team. And unfortunately, Kiaia has never been ready at them. He showed flashes. I'm not having a go because there's there's a lot a lot of times he has showed flashes, but he's he's too too often got injured. Or there's another thing that Klopp and the coaching staff haven't trusted him in games. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, another player, Peter, uh, who's come up here on the chat. Uh, Victor has asked the question: Where does Minamino fit in? This is another player who hasn't been anywhere near as long at the as the uh, at the club as as Cater, but he he's starting to have some things to prove going into next again, season. Again, you know, again, and I always agree with Phil Casey when he makes this point. People think in terms of eleven. I mean, this is two thousand and twenty. Forget about that. Forget about eleven. Minamino. With all due respect to, or to anyone that comes in, security the same. I mean, there's games that you look at last season, this season, where the squad has really torn the first. For example, I, I, I felt when we were up against it against Barcelona at home, we needed to win 4-0. I mean, Shakiri looked like a world beater. His ball for Wijnaldum's header was just outstanding. Now, yeah. this, is what a, this is what a squad is about, something different. People have got to get this thing out of their heads. Where is this guy going to go into the eleven? Where is this guy? Mm. No. How is this guy going to complement the 15 or the 16 or the 18 match day squad? I look at Minamino. Minamino for me is, is a lad who can play anywhere across the front or as a 10. If we do look to play that system, I think he's got enough pace. The goal that he, I look at what he did against us when he was playing for Salzburg or whatever. Mm. Mm. And, you know, he just, you know, I think Klopp is laughing because it's almost like, where the hell did he come from? That's just such an intelligent, delayed run. I think once the lad settles, I don't know if he's going to be a permanent fixture in the eleven. But as you know, for me, he's one of, going to be one of those players that solves that problem. I'm always complaining we're not competitive in the FA Cup. We're not, you know, we're a bit predictable. We're just going to throw 16 and 17 year olds out there. I think Minamino is going to be solid backup for, you know, a front three. Really, that picks itself. To be honest with you, I, I, you know, I think he's a welcome addition at seven million pounds. To the yeah. squad, you know, he's a yeah. welcome addition. So don't worry about where he's going to fit into the eleven. Where does he fit into the squad? And, he, and, is, he, and is he happy to, to rotate in a squad that's going to play 60, 65 games a season? As long as that's that's the that's the case, I'm happy. Yeah, uh, Cole's just joined in there. He smashed that like button. Um, yes, so look, like uh, like Cole, the rest of you need to smash that like button. Uh, hit the bell icon to subscribe. We're about 25 minutes in. Notions just dropped off there momentarily, to, but he's back in. Smash that like button and smash you the smash, button. You smashed <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of smashing, I, I have to say, lads, wasn't I? Don't know about you, lads, but I wasn't really happy about what happened tonight with the Dixie Dean stat- statue. There are rivals, there are neighbours, there are friends. That sort of stuff. No, there's no place. We won't dwell on it, but it has no place. 
no place on Merseyside, no place in football. Dixie Dean, absolute legend of the game. I mean, if you look at his record, he even scored goals, Gareth, for Sligo Rovers, believe it or not. You yes, know, he did. Yeah. This sort of thing has to go. Pete, you have such a soft spot for rivals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's respect, man. It's respect, Andy. It's respect. I mean, I played this game and at the end of the day, you know, my best memories of playing the game when I was a centre forward was, you know, being clapped off the park by fellas that I thought hated me guts. And ironically, the lads that I'm friends with on Facebook, for example, are the ones that I remember kicking, getting kicked the life out of. So for me, they're, they're an important part of it. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's yeah, I mean, Pete. I mean, I, yeah, I've seen you uh, there on Twitter, um, and um, so many Liverpool fans have very quickly come out and condemned uh, that we, you know, you have to assume it was um, a Liverpool fan uh, who thought it was a good idea, but but it certainly wasn't uh, a good idea, and I don't think anyone. Oh, that's um, that, that's those blue shits trying to get. Us well, I, I wasn't going to say it myself. <laughs> But rats, now you mention rats. it, Andy. <laughs> you know, now you mention it. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what comes out over the next day or so. Because mm. uh, if it was uh, an Evertonian, rest assured, social media will establish the facts. Yeah, he'll be found uh, out whoever he is. Does. But and, be, and, he, and he won't have a job in forty-eight hours. That's usually how these things go down on uh, right. on social media. Yeah. Um, whether whether you whether you agree with that or not, we could get into a whole new debate about that. But um, we'll get back to um, <laughs> we'll get back to yesterday, and um, I think it's fair to say um, you know. <laughs> We needed we needed that win, really, didn't we? After just to, just to get the 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 four nil loss out of our system, um, and look, we now we've we've now got five games left. Um, I'm right in saying that 104 is the maximum now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 104 yeah. is the maximum. So we have a little bit of um, we have a little bit of uh, wiggle room. Um, in terms of uh, surpassing uh, Man City's 101, not much. Um, and we've got teams such as Chelsea and Arsenal uh, coming up. Someone put into the chat there a little uh, while ago um, that this is kind of a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show at the moment. Um, <laughs> and look, it's about whether the players can keep a level of motivation, I, I suppose, um, over the next five games. Obviously, players who would come in and are more squad players are going to have uh, a, a greater degree of motivation. But Andy, do, do, you, do you think the players can remain and will remain motivated? We've already seen a significant drop-off from the likes of Andy Bobbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus, like, so, so I've seen someone on Twitter saying that, Andy Robinson's definitely tried heroin. Shawnee <laughs> <laughs> suggested it last night as well, to be fair. Yeah. Um, like, fucking hell. Now, it's 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 very hard, right? We talk so much about how Klopp motivates these players and how he gets inside their brains uh, to motivate them and just turns them into animals on the pitch. But it's all on the basis that they get the reward at the end of the day. And they've won the league now. So the carrot that's been kind of pushing them along, puking in pre-season training and puking to get back to full fitness and all that all, all that shit they do in training, that's gone now. The league is the title is won and there's very little to play for for now the rest of the season. And most players will be looking at 
how they can maintain their own fitness and going into next season because it's going to turn around very quickly and mm. they won't want to be leggy 10 games into next season. No. So the the record points will be is is something to go for, but it's it's not very significant at the end of the day. It's more important that we start next season better as well as last, you know, as well as last season. Yeah. And we get off and we and we keep going. We're going to have probably going to have blips before the end of the season. The City game was certainly a blip. There were so many errors that led to goals. There were so many lapses in con- concentration. There were so many parts. And even, yes, had Villa been a better team, they might have scored. They might have scored twice ahead of us. Yeah. So it's going to happen with, with Brighton and Bournemouth coming up, then Arsenal. I'd be surprised if we don't drop points. And I'm the most positive fan you can find, but it's it's just the human nature. It's just... It's things you just can't control uh, when you've motivated yourself to that breaking point to the burst of bollocks to win the league and it's done now and players will have their attention elsewhere and that's next season. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to give a quick that's, shout that's, out. That's, so I'm just going to give a, a quick... Out, before, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I was going to give a... I was Pierre, give a yeah, Pierre. I mean, Pierre I wanna, Moussa, by the way. Get Pierre Moussa Sydney. back. Will you please? Yeah, Pierre Moussa in Sydney, spreading the word down under, um, which is brilliant, brilliant here. I actually lived uh, in Sydney for three years, so uh, know what it's like to support Liverpool and getting up at, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., watching games before you go to work and all that sort of stuff. So fair play, Pierre, uh, for getting up and... uh, I'm watching the Reds at, at, at crazy times and following us uh, here on uh, on the day trippers and the Fatback Four. So it's important to get that shout out. But we get um, some we get some insane fans from Australia, don't we? Like, and it, yeah. it's so far away. Like after Ireland, I think you know it's the next best country for <laughs> for foreign fans. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> half of them are Irish. I agree with you. Know? Yeah, yeah. And I would say you, you see the the presence on uh, Twitter of. Um, Australian uh, fans, uh, a friend of the show with Mish as well, and all his gang. You know, some huge support and the hours that people are watching games at now. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, there's generally in 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 most cities, and Australia is no exception. There'll be a Liverpool uh, pub. So the one in Sydney is a place called Cheers. Uh, I know after <laughs> having spent some time in Brisbane, there was one uh, up there as well. So yeah, and uh, I think even John Barnes has made appearances down there at Cheers in Sydney. So um, like it is, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, big following. And as you say, Nish would be. A regular in in cheers as well. So uh, yeah, ma- massive Liverpool support down under. So, um, but just getting back onto this, you know, what remains this season? Uh, there's a few things for me. The one thing I didn't want uh, happening yesterday, and I don't want it happening in in the remaining home games. I don't want to lose that unbeaten home record because it's ridiculous. You know, fifty that was that fifty five games yesterday. It's rid- it's a ridiculous. Uh, record unbeaten um, in the league. Um, and someone just came in on the chat and said another priority is getting the five uh, games for the for some of the young lads, you know, the Harvey Elliott, the Nico Williams, Curtis Jones, um, and giving them something to show for some of their contributions, not just in the league, but obviously um, in help in bailings out in certain cup competitions um, and, and 
you know doing us proud in those so um what, what do you what do you any other kind of things that we should be targeting for you Pete this season or or do you think next season you know with the short turnarounds of about a month um next season has, has got to you know we've got to have one eye on that I don't agree with the the idea of uh, taking your foot off the pedal at all. I think the lads, mm. this is a, this is a real challenge for the manager. To be honest, you know, uh, you've got to take every game. I don't care what we've won. It's about you know smashing. I I was particularly unhappy. Don't get me wrong. I don't begrudge the lads. I know what it's like to celebrate. You know, winning things, but you know, I also know what it's like to go out then again two or three days later and want to win another game. You know, I I would expect that. Um, and I mean, I take the point on Andy Robinson and who am I to begrudge a lad who does 13 and 14 kilometres a game. But I equally, you know, Manchester City were bang up for that game. The lads would have known that. Um, and that was like a cup final for them. So I would expect, I, I, you know, I'd like to see the likes of young Harvey Elliott brought onto the pitch. And, and Jones has, has shown that he's capable of actually contributing when he gets on. These aren't sentimental. I don't think Klopp is one for giving out sentimental um appearances, you know, for medals. No, the lads no. have to earn what they get. But I, I want to be Burnley. I want to be Brighton. I expect to be the worst Arsenal team I've seen in 30 years. And I expect <laughs> I expect the want the lads to want to be Chelsea, considering that uh, Chelsea knocked us out of the FA Cup. So and I want to get 104 points. I don't think anyone should be resting on any laurels. Because when you get into habits like that, that's when you start saying it's acceptable to lose there. It's acceptable to I don't think it's acceptable for Liverpool football club to lose any game. And I know that sounds probably over the top, but that's the mentality you have to have if you want to continue to win things. The real competition now should be the lads saying to themselves, for example, a couple of lads saying about is Genie uh, Wijnaldum, uh, Wijnaldum um, renewing. The real competition should be, I need to earn my place in this squad next year for lads that are coming in. That's simple. You know, for me, if you want to win things consistently, that has to be the mentality or else forget about it. Yeah, know? just... Just picking up there on one of the comments in the chat, David just dropped in. He's uh, been listening to us for a while. First time he's tuning in live. So um, shared the broadcast, uh, smash the like button, um, hit the <laughs> bell to subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, Gar, have you got a fan in there, Noel Tracy? Do you, would you know? Would you know Noel? Because he's uh, he's got a request in. No, <laughs> no, I don't. I think he thinks I'm holding the guitar. I have my hand on my knee here. <laughs> I hope it is your knee. Put it that way. <laughs> well, you know me too well. <laughs> um, look, so um, we we've obviously um, you know. Pete's touching it, touched on it there in terms of um, the upcoming games. You know, they're coming thick and fast. Um, it, it really is, you know, if we, if we put a bad performance in, uh, at least we've got another game around the corner. But we've got um, two games coming up this week. We've got Brighton away, um, who, you know, Brighton look relatively safe now they've accumulated some points uh, since the restart um uh, certainly more than some of the uh some of the clubs down there who 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 are barely scratching a point between them um and then we've got uh, another team that really haven't got an awful lot to to play for in burnley so um andy do you see these as two games with another opportunity to do a little bit of kind of experimental work if you like and and do we maybe this time, you know, we kind of, we changed up the midfield. Do you think maybe it's time to, to give uh, another chance to the likes maybe of, of Nico Williams and, and, and Harvey Elliott in 
kind of defensive and attacking roles? Yeah, I'd say we're, we're going to probably expect to see um, the midfield change back to his favourite tree. Mm-hmm. And that's going to mean some changes elsewhere. So, yeah, it could be, it could be William's chance to start a game. Uh, Trent and Robertson have played every game, I think, since the hours. Actually, Milner started left back, didn't he, in the first one, the first day, the derby. Yeah. Um, so, no, but I'd, I'd say we probably will see a change at fullback, give Nico Williams a chance. Um, Firmino back in and maybe Salah Mane drop out for somebody like the likes of Elliot. You never know. Yeah. Gar, I'm going to, I'm going to roll off a few names. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quick. Yes or no. Would you like to see them in the next two games? Uh, Dejan Lovren. No. <laughs> Do you want to expand on that? No, I think I think he's just shown a couple of times this season that you know he needs to move on. He's he's been too erratic in games. The last appearance we saw him, he was an absolute, he was a disgrace to be honest with you to the to the defensive play. It was ridiculous. Um, I don't think he should play for us. So it's I think he will be sold or try to move him on. I'd imagine during the summer, um, because Ray's simply not good enough to be. To be the far choice to, to trade lads anyway, and Matip obviously is another who's you know a liability with as regards to injuries mm-hmm. in fairness to the guy. So, uh, Shakiri, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind, but I think he's a goner, uh, Dicko. I think he's a goner. Um, he's only, he's, 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 has he only had one league? Try the new big sky burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's. Ain't no way you're going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Eek appearance. I mean, is he. I'm, I'm right in thinking he needs almost more appearances now than the likes of Curtis Jones to get a medal. I thought he was up above them as regards okay. substitute appearances and stuff like that. So I think the three younger lads were the, the three left um, to, to get the five as far as I know. But Shaqiri um, was back on the bench yesterday, wasn't he? So Back on the bench, yeah. I, I think he, he was done for after he went away on international duty with an injury and, and came back injured again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we never saw him since that really, didn't we not? Um, so I think there's a, 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 a trust issue there between manager and player immediately. Mm. Adrian? Uh, no. We have the world's best goalkeeper. Don't mess around with that position. Just leave it as it is. Yeah. So um, any any players that you'd be looking forward to seeing uh, outside of like which which of the younger players? Because you know you you know you do coaching of young players yourself. Which of the younger players would you like to see more of between now and the end of the season? I think Andy's touched on, on Elliot a lot. I think he's one who, in games, he's he's shown he, he's got you know he's he's got a tremendous confidence about him. But the one to me, I think you know we've just spoke about. It, is Curtis Jones? Mm. His his arrogance on the ball is ridiculous. Or the or the chat with a little chat with Andy today on Twitter, as regards you know, there's people showing out. Well, should we sign Grealish? No, 
you've got Cordis Jones there. He showed in a couple of games this season. He's got a beautiful arrogance on the ball. He's he, he's so he's so mature in his game as well. He doesn't overplay the ball. He's he's willing to do it one two, move it around quickly. But he seems to be one of these guys that's always available for the ball. That's courage. And these guys are guys who generally go places in the game. In my opinion, he's 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 like he's like Andy in an over thirty five game. I'm sure he's always ready to get the ball, and he's got twenty year olds running around him like head cases. You know, he's he's the one to me that I want to see more of in the last few. It's the it's the personality and the attitude. He he has he yeah. has the personality to just excel in the game. Um, I don't know whether it's the toxic connection or whatever, but he really reminds me of Fowler when he broke in the scene. Um, his personality and um, his arrogance on the pitch, yeah. and it's like this is nothing to him. This is this is just fucking. This is what he's been designed to do. Um, of of every confidence in Curtis Jones uh, that he's gonna that he's gonna make it for Liverpool, and he's only on the pitch three or four minutes yesterday, and he's he's twenty five yards out. Mm. He's got mm. players available right or left of him, and he got the ball just falls and he goes, "I'm gonna smash this." Mm. Now it does end yeah. up in the stand, but you know any yeah. any other player gets a, a absolute bollocking from his midfielder. What are you doing? Yeah. But he, yeah. he just it's just so ultra confident. And then he goes and obviously a tremendous run straight in and, and scores, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, to be honest with you, the, the the difference between somebody just having a nice career and somebody really making it is back in your own ability. I mean, the mm, amount yeah. of times we've signed players or we've seen players at this level, for example, the one that comes to mind with me is Emil Heskey. He was very much a player that had to be sat down uh, before every game and reminded of his qualities. And I think if you've read his book, I think he confirms that Martin O'Neill used to sit him down and had to remind, listen, you're the biggest, fastest guy in the park. You're going to go out there and you're going to do X. You know, but Andy touched on earlier, people like Robbie Fowler just turn up, Stephen Jarrett turn up, listen, I'm going to be the best player here. And, and Joan seems to have that about him. I don't call that arrogance. That's just self-awareness. Arrogance yeah. is when you don't have the ability to back up the bravado that's inside you. For me, this is self-awareness and confidence. Yeah. And I, I look at someone like, uh, you know, like Jones, and I think he's a very self-aware. He will drop his shoulder. He will see a glimpse, and he'll say, oh, I can find that top corner from here. You've seen it against Everton. You've seen him get constantly getting into the box yesterday. You've seen him getting into those positions. That's a good sign. I remember as a kid watching Paul's goals against Barcelona when he was 17, tried to chip the goalkeeper from 25 yards, and you just knew, this lad is gonna do very, very well in the game. To have that kind of self awareness, yeah. which yeah. is which is what you need to succeed, you know. But you, but do you remember uh, when when Stevie came to the scene? He was quite timid. Took him, took him a few games to kind of oh, yeah. find his feet. And uh, Trent as well mentions when he got his chance and he found out he was starting. He was shitting himself. Mm. I don't think there's anything. And I suppose arrogance is normally used as a negative towards a player. But uh, I just mean that in the, the best of intentions oh, yeah, for yeah. Curtis Jones. Always, always said the same, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, you know a young player when they break onto the scene and they just tear it up straight away. Um, and generally when you make a sign and, like, you know, you look at all our Torres broke on the scene and straight away he was tearing it up. Um, Suarez, um, you see at United, Fernandez coming in um, and... He's tearing it up straight away. You generally don't have to wait long 
for quality to shine through. And I think that's what we're seeing with Jones. Like he he's he's well capable of coming into that team and play and filling a space for ten games, no problem. And I fucking guarantee you he'd he'd do serious damage. And yeah. Johnny just touched on something there in regards to what Milner just said uh, in regards to listening. And you know, I'm, I'm involved in it. When you've got a kid who's willing to listen and take advice on or walk over to a manager and ask, what should I do next? Or where can I do? Or he's going over to looks at Milner and guys like that and say, what, you know, taking advice from these guys. These are the guys who will go places. It's the little dicks who, who think they've made it, who, who fall off. But someone like this, Andy's just spoken. It, it's 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 a beautiful arrogance, you know. He's he gets on the ball and he's he seems to be ahead of others within the game. It's 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 really really it's enjoyable to watch, and he's the one to me that I want to see ahead of a lot more of. But just a comment that came in there a few minutes ago on a on a certain player we've been linked to it, right? Um, we'll get on to that. And I can tell you, um, it's it's really really real. The interest, right? Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. And this is this is a, a, a coaching contact I have in in Germany, right? So I can just tell you, it's really real, and that's what I'm just going to leave at. Well, here at Barcelona, in, you know, listen. There's other reasons why it makes sense, and yeah, I think it it kind of doesn't tick a couple of the boxes that we'd normally tick. But in the position that we're in, and considering the few months that the world has gone through, it absolutely makes sense. Plus. This type of player, and I know we'll talk about it later, but this type of player, you normally have to wait five or six years to develop the attributes that he has as a deep line midfield player. You know, you you, know, you can't afford that in the position that we're in, but let's touch on it later. Yeah, just to close down on the young players though, Andy, I mean, for me, a lot of this is to do with, with, with Klopp, from Klopp down through his coaching staff mm. and... Given these kids, given these lads uh, a confidence and a platform and a system and a, and a culture to, to actually step forward. And it's no coincidence to me that we're not talking about, you know, one wonder kid or super kid because every club can have that. You know, every club can have a, a Phil Foden coming through, for example. Mm. But, but we, we've got we've got multiple players coming through in different positions. You've got your Nico Williams, you've got Curtis Jones, you've got Harvey Elliott, and you've even got lads not, not far behind them, the likes of Kajana Hoover as well, mm. who've still got a chance. So so Andy, you know, just on on that side of things, does it does it give you massive hope for the future that we can we can actually get in essence, you know, the equivalent of a you know a hundred million pound signing from from within the club? Yeah, um, I, I think I think the the way Klopp has brought the uh, the youth academy and the first team together uh, at Kirby now, it's it's it would a view to um, to build for the future. And I think when when a manager thinks about the future, like unlike Mourinho, you know, yeah, you, when you're building for the future, you have to you have to look at kids all the way up playing the same way doing the same things that they're ready made and when you're creating a dynasty um, at, at a club like Klopp is at Liverpool it doesn't work unless you've got kids come up through the ranks it's very hard to bring players in you see how long it's taken certain players like to come up to speed to get in get into the gag and pressing and to get into how he wants it to play whereas like these kids are kind of watching from a not from a slight distance 
but they know what it's all about. They know what's expected of them, and they're going to be at it. They're going to be at it in training at their with their own coaches doing like, doing what Klopp wants them to do. So they're ready to come in. But we've seen we've seen so many signings, and Kate has taken two seasons now, and he's still not quite there. Minamino's come in, and he's still earning his egg, egg and pressing apprenticeship. Um, and we see we seen Robertson have to do it. We see Ox have to do it. We seen Fabino have to do it for a short time. So that's just the way it goes. Um, we it, it's harder to buy players in to do exactly what you need to do straight away. So we're we're going to create a dynasty. It's going to have to involve the young players, and we're, we we've got some buttes coming through. Yeah, definitely. As good a crop as we've had in in recent years, really. Um, so so we'll move on now, Guy. You were you were itching to get to get this uh, topic uh, out there. So we we will move on to the fact that obviously we still have to look around in the transfer market, and obviously Tiago. Uh, now that Timo Werner is uh, all dead and buried and is now a Chelsea player. Uh, Tiago is is the latest um, in a bit of a line of players, I guess, who've been linked. But this does seem to have um, substantial legs at this point. Um, you know, for a lot of for a lot of lads who play a lot of FIFA, he's already made twelve appearances, scored six goals, got three assists. Um, he, you know, he's a he's a he's first name on the team sheet. But in 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 the real world, I mean. Are you excited by this, Sean? He put a, a, dropped a, a comment in the chat there that this would be like your ma going out to Smith's and bringing back a present. It's not even Christmas or your birthday. Yeah. Good point. He's it, it, this guy is incredible. He's he, he's had a few, a little few injuries, and not not allowed. He's he's had a couple of injuries at Bourne. This guy is is a type of player that sees the game five minutes before other people. Um, if I'm honest with you, right, the, the guy is such a talent. He scores goals. His eye for a pass is amazing. He's, he's technically so good on a ball. He can tackle. Um, it's it, he's a real talent. He's only 29, lads, and, and and it's the type of player who, you know, that Alonso-esque player who can who can run games and pull strings in the middle. Um, I, I think though, Gar, the key is I think Klopp has made a decision about Fabinho. I think Fabinho's position, I think he's going to be centre-back with Van Dijk going forward. I think a couple of times against elite sides, and I know this is a controversial thing to say, but I think Joe Gomez, and I'm a big fan of Joe Gomez, I've seen him get caught between one, two and three players too many times against good sides. And I think Fabinho steadying the ship in those big games is needed. However... What's also needed, a lot of teams are going to sit off Liverpool in a, in 60 or 70% of games next year. Thiago, is, as well as being a very um, constructive and creative player, is also very disruptive. He breaks up an awful lot of play from mm-hmm. that deep line position. And he, he, his expertise is actually seeing... It's like, for some players, the game is like drafts. For him, it's like chess. He sees three and four people and can take three and four people out of games immediately. Now, that's a very, very rare. That's why you can't bring a young player in to do that. And I, for me, this is a sign that that makes real sense from a football perspective. Look, I, I, we've said this for, for weeks, and I've said it in this forum for weeks. No, nobody nobody is going to come at. Nobody's going to come. I might be, Sean, but nobody's going to come at. Nobody, nobody, nobody's going to come at Liverpool. Nobody's going to come at Liverpool. So, you know, Andy made the point 
earlier on that Fabinho looks a little bit, you know, his game is the screen. But in those games, in those big games, the Manchester City games, the big games in Champions League where we struggle and we struggle against Atletico Madrid, you kind of get caught cold. And I think in those, if, if, when you're trying to unlock stubborn teams, you need a very, very mm. smart player. Fabinho is very, very good at screening. But is he going to unlock from that deep line position, the big teams. Listen, you can argue with me all you want, but for me, we don't have that intelligence in the middle of the park to really unlock stubborn teams. And that's the only drawback I see about Liverpool right now. I don't see uh, Fabinho dropping into centre-half. I think he can certainly do a job there. But the Fabinho's strength so far, what's been so great about him is how he how he follows the the football, how he goes into the middle of the park, high up the pitch, and get and wins the ball up high, and then all of a sudden we're away and we have a chance. Most of our goals come from winning the ball in the opposition's half. He won't get to do that at centre back. I don't think he has the pace to play at centre back like Gomez does. With such a high line as well, I think we'd be we'd be killing Fabinho's career by playing him centre back. Person. I think though no, you, you're 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 undervaluing. You're forgetting the value of Van Dijk, who's quicker than anybody, and you're forgetting about what we have in midfield uh, and what we have uh, at right a left back. I mean, we don't play like people argue that, for example, Trent Alexander Arnold should be a midfield player. For all intents and purposes, he is. Forget about the 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 lineup on Sky Sports as it looks. That team moves. Depending yeah. on where the ball is, it moves like no other team does. So if the ball, for example, Gar will tell you this, if you're in a situation where you're being attacked down that right-hand side, the game, our, our formation moves to accommodate that. So you've got Genie Wijnaldum all of a sudden moving to an, an, a, another position and it's lined up in three or four different ways, depending on what way you're being approached. I know the Fabinho shout sounds a little bit off-centre, a little bit, but for me... <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't been attacked. Every time we've been attacked by a decent side, we've been exposed. There's a belt of a shout up there. No, but, but, but it might be. I'm laughing at the comment. I'm not laughing at you, Pete. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Pete, can, I, can I ask you something, Pete? Are you living in Amsterdam or are you living in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you telling me, though, are you telling me that as we all want Joe Gomez to be the future and to be great, but really, I mean, I know half the lads were, were pissed, you know, but when everybody else wasn't functioning around him, he looked to me lost. He was, look, he was, he was, he he does throw out these worrying performances, probably about one in every sort of 10 games. He looked against Manchester City completely out of his depth. Completely. Now, if you want to win the Champions League again, I'm I'm sorry. You want to win the Champions League, it has to be elite, elite positioning, elite organizing. You cannot have a moment where a player like uh, Kevin De Bruyne is putting your main center back one between three players. And we were exposed three or four times. The penalty was laughable. Nobody's talking about it, but it was laughable. I don't care how drunk the other players were. That that's a that's a a manager looking at a player saying he's not for me. I don't care. You're in a situation. He practically waltzed Sterling from one side of the box to the other before he threw him to the ground. That for me is not an elite centre back. They can laugh all they want. 
that's not an that's not what an elite centre back does. So Shawnee can control the comment that I'm crazy all he wants. But this these are the games that a manager makes a big decision in. Are you telling me that if that Joe Gomez if you isolate that performance, are you telling me that's an elite centre back? I'm calling it now. I think I think the manager has made a decision on Joe Gomez. Oh, I tend to disagree. It I may not. He, it may not, be he's willing to, may not be I Fabinho. He's, I think he's willing to um, kind of forgive that that particular performance. I don't why, think he Andy? will take why? it too. But why? Uh, why? Because be, because of the situation, as much as anything else, you know, because of the fact that it was the, the game after us clinching the league, and I think there was a lot of component parts of that performance okay, that were all. Okay, I accept that, but accept this. Imagine. Joe Gomez knows, you know, if you're his manager, Joe Gomez and Raheem Sterling have had this thing mentally yes, yes, for the whole season. Yes. So I'm thinking to myself, the rest of the lads, you know, Andy Robinson, they might, they might be on it. They might be, you know, medals around the neck. But I know that Joe's going to be up for this and he's going to want to make sure that Raheem Sterling is in his box. Raheem Sterling pissed all over Joe Gomez. Now, for me, knowing the history of what happened this season between them, that would be a worry for me. Yeah, and, and Woody, look, and, and, I wouldn't and Woody, disagree and a, that he lost the mental battle on that like, one. I should, we should be coming out of that game thinking Andy Andy Robinson was stinking. Van Dyke wasn't at it. A few lads, but Joe Gomez, you could see that this was in his mind for weeks and he made sure that he was tipped up on it. He was embarrassing. And I think based on, if that was me as a manager, someone that has managed to play, I'd be making a decision based on that. Because Joe Gomez should have been focused on that. He should have been going, coming out of that game saying everybody else was shy, but Joe Gomez was on it and he didn't give Raheem Sterling a kick. Joe Gomez handed the man of the match award to Raheem Sterling by, the, by virtue of the way he played. He was awful. The, the one thing I would agree with you, Pete, on is uh, I agreed with the fact that he did slot Fabinho back in uh, next to Van Dyke uh, for, the, for the second and it wasn't, And it wasn't minutes. so bad, was it? it wasn't so no, bad. it wasn't so bad, but it, it would have been a hell of a lot worse if Dejan Lovren would have come on. Yeah, exactly. well, I didn't mention Lovren. He's out of the picture. <laughs> but that game, that, that game could have been a six or seven. Manchester yeah. bang up for it, annoyed, angry, sharp, focused. Could have been a six or seven. Fabinho went in there for me and put his finger in the dam. People can laugh all they want. I know this game. And I know when managers make decisions. Alex Ferguson used to do it all the time. That's why Manchester United were successful. Because Alex Ferguson used to make these decisions. Why? When people weren't expecting them to make. He'd be watching things when you least expected them. That's what. That's the difference between great and having a laugh. And isn't this ha-ha, he-he. This is when real managers sit and go, okay, I'm going to find out who's who in this squad. That's fair the difference. Point. Fair that's point, the difference, Pete. mate. I'm going to carry on having a laugh, though, and I'm going to put this next question to Andy. Um, I'm going to put this next question to Andy. Squad numbers. Um, surely Tiago takes the number 14 shirt and Hendo gets bumped down to something like 23. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you were to believe what Twitter's telling you, um, uh, Tiago's Henderson's successor. Um, <laughs> after all, Henderson is 30 now, and uh, the youthful Tiago is 10 months younger than him, so he's, uh, he's expected to come in and take his place now for the next 10 years. He looks young. <laughs> yeah. The comments are bleeding yeah. dead. <laughs> but um, I, 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 I don't want to make it as Tiago until Klopp's response in the press conference. I thought it was never going to happen. Um, mm. When you look at it, 
it just didn't seem like a signing we were going to make. Um, normally, when you hear of agents spouting shit or the press in a different country talking about a signing, for us, first, it doesn't really happen. Uh, but Klopp, Klopp laughed and says, you know, I'm not going to give a comment about a player. There has to be something brewing in the background. And, you know, going, you know, I have a few conversations with Edwards myself and um, he was, he's a few rumblings going on there. Like, you know, it was a bit of a, bit of a nod and a wink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure? I, I, I personally think Jeannie's gone at do you, I, I mean, not. this is this not. is obviously the the associated part of this, really, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, think, I think I think Jeannie's gone, Dicko. Uh, it's uh, for that position, for that role, for someone who dominates the ball, for someone who can turn over the ball quick, for a midfielder in tight spaces when he's got guys four or five guys to take over the game. To me, if he signs, if he goes for that player, he's replacing someone there, and I think the contract thing has gone on and on and on for a while with Jeannie, and, and for me, it looks like. It's a big loss if it is. Look like he's gone. It's a big loss. And do you think, uh, I mean, Pete mentioned about, you know, make references there back to Fergie and and kind of, you know, I guess certain ruthlessness about Fergie in in his kind of reign. Uh, Would you say this is kind of more uh, a a Genie Wijnaldum decision or more of a Klopp and the club decision if, if he did move on? I think it's I think it's a clap and club one, right? Just just judging at it. Um Genie's been dropped a couple of times lately as well. When you thought he might have start, started those games. Yeah, I think it doesn't it was, even start against Barcelona in the second no, half. Remember no, as well. Yeah, it's. It, it, I just think I think he's gone. I, I don't know. Uh, he, he hasn't been playing too. He has, you know his his performances haven't been off the wall, um, this season. Um, he's he's he's, play, he's been very inconsistent as 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 opposed to their three midfielders go. Um, Henderson's been been brilliant. Uh, Fabinho's been inconsistent as well. But he's had a couple of injuries, uh, but I just think I think Klopp. Uh, there's obviously something going on in the background in regards to this contract thing. It's been going on a long time, mm. and for me, it, it screams that if if one player is coming in that position, that one player is going out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. a player like, <clears throat> excuse me, Thiago, who's twenty nine, peak of his career, doesn't come into a football team at that age and that ability without something given. Mm. So something's something's gonna gonna happen. Yeah. Um, if it does, you know, of course. And the way Klopp reacted, I, I I'm starting to think it will. Uh, Henderson's going nowhere. Um, you, you know, there's players coming out at midfield probably in the next couple of years, but but right now. If you sign a player like Thiago, he comes into the team and he starts ninety percent of the game. Ninety percent of the games, just as Firmino does, just as Salah Mane, the, the spine does. Players like that don't come around and piss around for two years trying to break their way into the team. He comes in and something gives. So, yeah. if you if you look at the two players, um, he compares very well to Ronaldo. Um, a lot of a lot of hard work. And he's able to kind of create a lot of space in the in the middle of the park. Much and, more and vision, sh- much more vision. Than much more know. vision, but short, sharp stuff. I think if you want to liken to any of our midfielders, I mean, you couldn't even say like he's a Keita replacement because Keita hasn't established himself in the midfield yet. Mm-hmm. But if you look no. at and Fabinho's going nowhere, so no, I think, I, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Andy. You know, this, this is not this is an evolution 
decision if it's real. It's about, mm. again, uh, you know, we've established the fact that Liverpool are not going to be overrun by any team. Liverpool will overrun you. So teams are starting to say, OK, we'll sit off and we'll try to rope it up. We'll try. This is about unlocking teams. For me, it's about trying to unlock teams. You know, for me, the big... The big sucker punch was Atletico Madrid. We should still be in the Champions League, okay? Yeah. We can, we can, we should, we can point at the goalkeeper, and we're probably right too. But you're trading, and you're—I mean, that was a, for me the Atletico game at home at Anfield was our best performance. What does that tell you? It, t- it tells you yeah. that we need to be, we need to be clinical, we need to be opening teams up for more obvious chances, and and I think Klopp has recognised that it, we just, we just need to be more surgical, and that would be a surgical sign. You can't bring that type of quality through through the kids and wait for it to happen. It has to be brought in. You know. Yeah, I mean, Kev O'Sullivan makes the point that these, you know, these kind of decisions and the decision around Genie, you know, would have been made months ago. I mean, the one thing though that this season has been, it's been like no other, is that obviously we've had the impact of coronavirus and and you know. The, the fact that the season's gone on longer, um, you know, finances are being hit all around different leagues to d- different degrees. So, Gar, I guess things, you know, uh, in in Grizz's words, probably more fluid than ever. Yeah, probably more fluid. And there's a, a, another uh, thing to keep an eye on at, at Bayern Munich, lads, is the David Alaba situation. Now, I'm, I'm going full Grizz here tonight, by the way, lads. <laughs> Someone has to. <laughs> uh, his contract expires in 2021 and he's uh, been touted to the Premier League for the last couple of months. So be very, very interesting sign to see. Uh, keep an eye on that uh, David Alaba uh, thing as well, considering he can play as a left side of the centre-half. And he's now, versatile. Yeah, another thing that was mentioned last night in the Fat Back Four, I, didn't, I, I was left wondering myself, was if we do sign Thiago, does he does he still play out the Champions League for Bayern Munich, or does he join us missing out on the opportunity to to, to no, win? No, he play a Champions play League. Bayern Munich play. Is he, he he came on yeah. for three minutes the other day in the cup game, the cup final, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. So, so he got so, a nice photograph with, with Coutinho. He did, yeah. yeah. He did. So, 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 so we don't think he's. We don't, you know, some of the suggestions that maybe he's a Lalana replacement or, you know, combination of Lalana. If you add up, if you add up Lalana's minutes, Milner's minutes, add them all up, they don't fucking meet the requirements of a fella who's at the peak of his career and has the quality. It it has to be. It has to be Wijnaldum. It has to be. And if you think about it from Wijnaldum's Ronaldo's perspective, he's a fucking workhorse in there and he's entitled to enjoy, enjoy his football a little bit more than that. Uh, you see when he plays for the international team, he plays way more with way more freedom. Yeah. He gets, he gets yeah. involved in all the goals and he, mm. he, uh, he gets to have the crack. You know, when all the goals and players in Italy um, or Spain, he buzzes it there, you know. Um, He'll have no shortage of, um, oh, of clubs. All the top teams. A player all like the top that. Teams. Yeah, yeah. Diverse, the- yeah how, look how versatile he is. He could play anywhere. And, um, you know, yeah. But I, I miss him at Liverpool. I've, mm. I've been a huge fan of him. Yeah. Um, and I, I always like a player who's underrated or, or not recognised uh, by, the, by the supporters, you know. You go on and you listen, and I, okay, I fucking hate referring to Twitter and citing Twitter as my reference for things, but it's kind of where we all talk. Uh, but it's not real, you know. It's not a fair reflection 
of society. It's not a fair reflection of the fan base as such. But I I see him getting a lot of criticism and uh, what does he do? What's he done for us? People have short memories. We'll look back um, and no matter how good Thiago is, if he does come in, we'll look back at Milner and we'll miss him. Mm, I'm yeah, yeah. Ginny Wijnaldum. Yeah, 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 I think he would. Yeah. But, you, but you could see him uh, succeeding at uh, Juventus where Emre Cham failed, couldn't you? Mm. You really could. But, you know, the game is running out of guys. Andy is right. The game is running out of guys like that. You know, honest people, I had a standing debate about Jack. I mean, Jack Reed is Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, I mean, pe- what, what people ask me, why do you not think he's a good captain? Why do you not think? He just has no balls. No, I mean, if, if Genie Monaldum is a captain, we've got five or six captains. That's why we're champions, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and that's why he'd mm-hmm. be missed. You know, I, I don't want the Jack Grealish. I don't want, I don't want these players who, who need other players. You know, they, they oh, if you buy him, you'll unlock him. If you buy him, there's a lot of that going on. Guys like Genie Monaldum, you put a jersey on his back, and you just tell him, listen, get out there, stop that lad from playing. And by the way, when we win it. Give it to that lad or make sure things are and get yourself into the box and get yourself a couple of goals. Complete, complete leadership and, and battling. All this unlock him by signing him bollocks like Jack Grealish and people like that. You don't, this is why we'll miss. And I think this is why Klopp looked at the, the side last year and was like, I don't need to buy anyone and I'm not selling anyone. And everyone went, do you remember this? Everyone went absolutely mental. Oh, we're going to fall so far behind. And we were stronger than ever. So to be fair, you have to be pretty special to get into this side. And I think the lads are right. Thiago potentially could be. But equally, I'm very jealous of losing anybody from it. Yeah, and Genie is right at the top of that that list. Yeah, Andy, I mean, someone made the comment there in the chat about they'd be, you know, they'd be gutted if... uh, if Genie left, I guess, you know, someone like Genie uh, would signify the first real player of of this kind of, um, of this dynasty, if you like, because obviously the last high profile player really um, who you'd want to talk at any significant time over was, was Coutinho. And that was before we, we started putting all of these trophies in the cabinet. But for someone yeah. who has been an integral part mm. of all of this success over the last few years, Andy, to leave, it's going to be it's going to be a sad day, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about it as if it's definitely happening. I hope uh, not. <laughs> um, but uh, it, w- it will be my inclination, all right, that, it, yeah, he, he was probably always going to be the most likely um, of the this 11 if you if you like um there's there's been a few kind of not passengers but there's been players that come in and out of the team but when Alan's been as ever present as as mo- yeah. you know most of them and uh with the contract stuff going on you you kind of would expect that he would have been the first to kind of break away um so yeah mm. Mm. Yeah, look, we've got five minutes left. Um, just to remind everyone uh, who's been watching tonight, smash that like button, uh, hit the bell icon to subscribe. We'll be back next week. Gav will be on uh, through the week um, with some more, I guess, uh, reaction uh, following the games uh, that we've got upcoming between now and next Monday. So um, to wrap uh, everything up, and there was just a shout there about uh, be mad for Genie to be leaving before uh, love them, but I think I think they might. If, if Jeannie was going, it might be around the same kind of time as uh, Dexy Lovren because I can't see Dexy Lovren 
um, last and, and and look at this a massive observation that um, uh, a bit of bit of redemption for Andy's um, clock. Um, it is more accurate apparently. Um, Shawnee's just made a phone call into the talk and clock, and uh, yours is just about more accurate. Um, having said maybe, that, uh, having said maybe, maybe that, I could I could check I could do a quick check at the um, temperature climate control clock and i would say that is absolutely bang on you never um, know where uh, shawnee could be watching on neil or sat <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true sean, sean watching from malaga or dublin where are you sean <laughs> <laughs> um so we'll we'll just end tonight by um we'll take some uh predictions for the next uh two games so uh andy um Brighton away, followed by Burnley at home. Predictions? Um, I don't think we're going to score loads of goals. Over the two, over the two games, I think we win five one. Five <laughs> one aggregate score, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Score five and, and concede one. Okay. Is that all uh, right? Or do you want me to be more specific? <laughs> uh, well, how many points are we getting from those two games? Six. Six points. Yeah. Six points. Yeah. Gar. Uh, 2-0 against Brighton and gone 3-1 against Burnley. That's 5-1. You just copied yeah. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know which game we're going to see the more goals. It's it's, it's two games. Yeah, it's two, I, one of those games we're not going to score loads of goals. Okay. And Pete, six points. You've already should have shouted it there. You yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. I, think, I think we do Brighton 3-0 there. Um, I think they probably think they're, they're over the line already. And we beat Burnley um, a usual 2-1 we'll consider. We'll concede. We always concede against Burnley. Um, and I think uh, I'd like a clean sheet against Burnley because Alisson's up against Young Pope for the clean yeah. sheet, to be honest with you. So I'd like to see the Golden Gloves go to Alisson again, the best keeper in the world. Yeah, I have to say, we didn't mention him really tonight, but he made some decent saves again uh, yesterday, didn't he? Absolutely showed his his worth and his value. Off the back of, you know, what would have been completely alien to him, conceding for. Um, uh, Tiago spotted in the world house hunting. (laughs) I'm not buying that. If if he was really house hunting, he'd be informed by now. Um, And that's a fact. Um, Wilms Lowe. <laughs> Apparently, um, uh, S- Sacco's gaff was up for sale in Formby. Was it? Yeah, yeah. He was. We were expecting him to come back, uh, and he was expecting <laughs> to come back. He was, so he he was going back as captain, Andy. Yeah, once his Achilles was fixed up, he was going to be back. Actually, I see his Achilles went there uh, at the weekend. Did you see that? No, did it? Yeah, did yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, did, did it? His legs blew up. <laughs> Danny Hill, Danny Emery's been on fire tonight, mate. Tiago spotted learning to drive a right-hand drive mower. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is that Danny Emery? His quality. That's uh, <laughs> that's narrowing it down, isn't it? Um, and Gerard's apparently on the phone to Tiago as as we speak. Um, to go to Rangers. Pro- probably trying to rent a spare gaff that, that Stevie G's got in form B as well. You know what I mean? Like, this is the place to be. Um, I think Shawnee, has got it nailed. Shawnee knows where he's going to stay. Oh, Laurie's apartment. Laurie's okay. apartment, yeah. So he was, right. he was to be a mainstay centre half. I'm still waiting for it to happen, though. <laughs> why would, lads, why would he need to buy a gaff when he can live rent free in Pep Guardiola's head? Yeah, exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. 
So look, uh, my predictions uh, upcoming are: um, I'm, I think we will drop some points. Um, I think it'll be against Brighton. I'm going to predict a two-two draw, uh, followed by a repeat of a, a two-nil victory against uh, against Burnley. So um, yeah, um, and and, I, and I've just got a feeling we're not going to make this one-on-one, lads. I think we might just fall a little bit short. Um, over the next five games but anyway what do I know we'll see um, we'll be back next Monday um, uh, we will try and keep Phil off and we'll try and keep the positivity going <laughs> now quick shout out to Phil we do miss you Phil when you're not on uh, just for that balance um, and uh, as I said in the meantime Gavin will be with you um, and we'll hopefully see you next week <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't want to say it on the, I didn't want to say it on the pod, lawyer, but uh, it is the one. Yeah, it's, it's the one you say. You know, since I'm wearing tonight, can't be Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Are you thinking more about how to tighten up your budget these days? Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average, and customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.